crime friends. Welcome back to another episode of True Crime in Academia. I am your host, Mary DePippi. Happy True Crime Tuesday, everyone. I hope you are all having a good start to your week. If not, that sucks. I hope it gets better for you. Don't forget to follow True Crime in Academia on social media at True Crime in Academia on Instagram and TikTok and on Twitter at TC in Academia. If you like to have bonus episodes, I have two currently up right now just for subscribers. So if you want to get your hands on those, go to patreon.com slash ivorytowerboilerroom and you can become a subscriber there. I am very excited about this week's episode. Today I have two very special guests. I would say they are like the next generation of true crime content creators. With me are the hosts of the Crime Chronicles, a podcast, Savannah and Delaney. Thank you guys for being with me. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, we're so excited. This is great. (laughs) So I always ask everyone this question because I'm always curious. How did you guys become interested in true crime? Uh, I think we both like had an interest in it from an early age. Like we were both really into mysteries. For me, I watched a lot of Scooby-Doo and that led me later to watching true crime videos on YouTube because it was kind of that mystery feeling. Um, And then eventually I got more into podcasts as I got older. Yeah, same. I read a lot of Nancy Drew growing up. Um, I was always really into like the mystery aspect of everything. And then same as Delaney, I just got into videos and then podcasts. Um, and then we actually both got into Morbid around the same time. And we listened to an episode on Natalie Wood. And we both were like, whoa, <laughs> like this is insane. And this is something that we're really interested in. Mm-hmm. That's so. awesome. I love the Nancy Drew. You can't see it, but I have like a stack of, well, you can see my stack, but it's beyond that stack. Mm-hmm. I have lined up Nancy Drew books that I found actually at like a, uh, flea market and they yeah, were like I, I have need a them. bookshelf right next to the I camera yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I also love that you guys watch or that you watch Scooby-Doo like that's one thing yeah. I feel like a lot of true crime people like don't want to admit but that's like I feel like where a lot of us got our interest in no some- literally <laughs> true crime for kids exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah true crime for yeah basically so how did you how did you guys decide to come up with a podcast in general I think after we really became good friends um we started becoming friends towards the end of middle school yeah and we were both founded on true crime and that was kind of what we based our friendship on really in the very beginning um and we just kind of talked about how cool it would be to cover cases of our own and um, for me, I kind of really got into the Gabby Petito case when it was going on, and that was our first episode. Uh, so I just, I really started researching that before we even thought about publishing an episode. I just was really interested in that and um, involved in that. And so I was like, yeah, why not publish it? I think we both like talked about it and we're like, oh, that'd be so cool. And then the more we talked about it, we realized like that's something we actually really want to do because we really do want to talk about some of like not just the cases, but also the issues going on. 
like within like the justice system and within different true crime cases. And so like once we started talking about it and looked into it and realized that logistically it would be a possibility, I think we were both like really excited about the idea of starting a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine being your age and even think, I mean, when I was your age, podcasts really weren't a thing. It was kind of a very niche, you know, it was more yeah. like radio talk show hosts were more popular um, yeah. you know, than listening to podcasts. But I love that you guys are doing this because, I mean, I don't know many other podcasts or true crime content creators that are around your guys' ages. So yeah. kudos to you so guys. Thank you. Uh, growing, especially like on social media, so many people are a lot older than we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are shocked when we tell them that we are um, and still in high school. But I think it's really like, it's really fun to get a new perspective in the true yeah. crime world. Um, mm-hmm. And I love hearing so many different people from like all around the world in different ages and like, all of those things talk about different um, cases. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Like basically what you said. And it's definitely like, nice to have some people who are older than us in that world because then we get like ideas of what other people have experienced and so I think it's definitely helped us with just being so young and doing this like just getting it started Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah absolutely so how since you guys are in high school how do you guys juggle like being students and doing a podcast because that was one of the things when I was just like how (laughs) like how how do you have time (laughs) honestly it can be a little rough we've recorded a couple episodes in school um (laughs) during breaks during free periods in classes during lunch um (laughs) um, I think especially at the beginning we were very very into like having a very strict schedule so we were like anything like every time we can record we're going to yeah so if we were in school it was perfect because you know we'd have a study hall and just record during that uh and I think honestly research is the hardest part yeah for sure because it's you know we have like 10 page notes on each case if not more and so like doing that and then also assignments is pretty hard but if you find enough like time Time, management then it works out I think it's definitely like we've had to learn that we can't put a ton of stress on ourselves to like get episodes out. And so like, if we need to prioritize something else, we will. And we'll just be like, Hey, just so you know, the episode's delayed and we'll kind of communicate that through our Instagram. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, especially, I have had a lot of stuff going on with just like sports, but also activities. Um, and this summer, it's honestly been way more challenging than the school year yeah. because I've been out of town most of the summer because I'm working at a camp and so I've been home for maybe a total of like a week and a half it's, so yeah. it's a challenge but I think just finding time to do the research and getting a time to sit down and record mm-hmm. is like the best way to manage that yeah do you guys like research and then immediately record or like how long is your researching process how does that, how long does that usually take you I think it depends on the case. Yeah, for me, it really depends. Um, Ted Bundy part three, Ted Bundy, the case, like I've done three parts on it. We're about to record Ted Bundy part three actually later today. Um, But it's taken me like so, so long. I've really, I like that one has, has, for me at least, has been the most taxing one because I've put so much research into that one, especially. And just the third part alone is 20 plus pages. Um, So it's, 
yeah, it's, it really depends. Some of them I can get done really quickly. Um, unfortunately, some cases really don't have a lot of information yeah. on them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's harder to find good, solid information on those, um, the ones that aren't widely media covered. So those are um, quicker to finish. But yeah, it really depends on the case, I'd say. Yeah, I think very similarly for me, it depends on the case. Like, I know for a lot of my cases that were multiple parts, it took me a while just because there was so much information. Um, For Natalie Holloway, that one was definitely one that took me a while because going into it, I kind of had a base level knowledge of what had happened, but I didn't realize how much media coverage had gone into it. And I kind of had to learn how to balance, like, putting too many details in and, like, taking away details and making the case, like, not make sense or not feel as impactful and so I think that's part of like what takes us with research like it just depends on the case and what there is absolutely yeah yeah it always throws me too like especially the ones where I'm like I have a base knowledge of this and then I go like research it and then I'm like oh wow there is a lot more that needs to be talked about here than just my base level knowledge like I always think it's gonna be so much easier than absolutely yeah it's like you choose a case and you're like oh this one will be a quick research so I can get apps never mind (laughs) like yeah and I think we just wanted to say we're like really really big fans of your podcast too we love you it's like you're the best um you do really good coverage so yeah thank you no I love you guys too just because I love the coverage you guys have and like again, like I said, I was so fascinated when I found out that you guys were like still in high school because I'm like, oh my God, like I said earlier, how are they possibly juggling this? Like I know again (laughs) from being in high school, like really, you want me to do more research on top of like the research that I have to do for school, even though (laughs) researching true crime is arguably way more fun and way more interesting. (laughs) Yeah. When you, when you, it's a little better. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you guys do it in study hall though how like do you get really yeah, weird looks like from people <laughs> we have a couple of the places in our school like rooms that we used to record kind of have like glass windows so we have people, <laughs> we've had people walk past and just give us really weird looks because it just looks like we're talking into a phone yeah um, <laughs> or a computer it's, it's yeah it's I was sitting in a study hall with one of my friends and I had pulled up um a documentary to watch uh, for one of my cases, and I remember looking over at me and being like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, because we were in the band room, and so we were just sitting in this open space where everyone could see. So. Yeah, <laughs> and people get a little freaked out, too, because if they look at your computer without context and see that you're writing down all these gory details, they're <laughs> yeah. like, uh, or like Googling, how long does it take for a body to de- decompose? <laughs> like, they're like, uh, that's... <laughs> a little yeah. interesting for sure yeah. yeah I feel the same way I'm always like everyone anyone who would look at like my search history if they don't <laughs> know what I do would be extremely concerned Absolutely. exactly like, <laughs> me and my mom were watching a documentary the other day a true crime documentary and um they were talking about how this guy's search history like revealed him to the crime and I'm like <laughs> I, if anyone investigated my search history, so I would concerned. be in jail so quickly. Right. <laughs> they got him like on a, I don't know, he was Googling something about like how to report a missing person or like how, how long does it take for a body to decompose? And I was like, I research that so often. <laughs> like, like that is my search history exactly. right now. Uh-huh. 
Because it's not only just you're researching like how long does a body decompose? You're like, okay, well, if it's left outside, buried in a shallow (laughs) grave, how long would that take? Or if it's submerged in water, how long would that take? I mean, there are a lot of factors. A lot of yeah. circumstances to look into. And it's into. like looking very hyper specific, and yes. everyone's like, uh, <laughs> okay, then. It's like almost as bad as like typing in or asking Siri, how do you hide a body? Like, it's, I feel like yeah. it's almost up there with that. <laughs> yeah. For sure. So, what do your other friends think about you guys having this podcast? Do they think it's cool? Do they want to ever be a part of it? Or. Um, we actually haven't told a ton of people in our lives. Um, we tend to just try to keep an, 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 anonymity, anonymity. <laughs> um, try to keep a little bit anonymous most of the time, but we do have like our close friends know about it and listen to it. Yeah. So a couple of them listen to it. A couple of them, you know, follow us on Instagram, all but of that stuff. But do not listen. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, yeah, we tend to not tell everyone at school. We just kind of yeah. keep it under wraps, at least for now. We definitely have a couple of friends who are like huge supporters, like yeah. Lena. Specifically. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have really good friends who are like big fans and all of that stuff. Like Lena has definitely been our biggest supporter. Where she like will be in school and be like, "When is the next episode coming out?" Like, I, I need one to listen to for study yeah. hall. So that's like always super sweet and encouraging. Yeah. But yeah, we yeah, it's more under wraps than yeah, yeah, uh, probably a lot of yeah. it is, but. Which is like really smart when you think about it, obviously, you know, being the age that you are anonymity is super important, but I mean, I also feel like on the flip side, like, I feel like so many people in your high school, like students would be like, oh, these girls are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely a time where we'll like, just mention it. But like, yeah, there's definitely been a couple times where we've just like slipped it and people have been like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've even like lied to people before. Like I've been researching something and they're like, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, it's something for English. <laughs> like, Cause I just, I, <laughs> like, I'll just tell them, I'm like, I don't feel like you need to yeah, know. So I just, exactly. yeah, especially with us being still in high school, we tend to, you know, we don't tell anyone where we what part of the country we live yeah. in, how old we are, like exactly, um, anything like that. Just because we tried to, since we're still minors, it's safe. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. A thousand, like a thousand percent. I totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah. As out of all the cases, or actually, no, the cases that whether you've covered them or not, which one that you, like, which one has haunted you that you've come across we discussed this question for so long because there are so many so many um you want to go first we pulled up a couple because we there's so many in like that i oh there's just so many that are so i think one that haunted me not just like i think more because of the content of it versus like the outcome was albert fish just because of the magnitude of what he did and some of the things that like he did throughout his life and also just some of the stuff that happened to him in his background it was just like a really heavy heavy case Mm -hmm. and so that's one that's definitely followed me yeah it's just like especially ones with children I think Mm -hmm. are a lot harder for a lot of people to digest yeah um and those are generally probably the most disturbing for us to cover at least um also just cases in general that end up having some connection to us I think yeah. are ones that tend to follow us like We've, whether it be age or location or anything what. like that mm-hmm. 
Um, Because, you know, a lot of the people we cover are close to our age or um, look like us or something like that. Yeah. Uh, And it's weird to think about that in a context where, like, you know, we're so similar and all that stuff. Um, But one that really freaked me out was Elisa Lam. Both of that one, like, (laughs) that one scares us so bad. And your coverage on that case was really, really good. Um, But it's, yeah, that one's really, really terrifying for me. And then also the Junko Furuta case. Mm. Uh, the 50 days 40 days in hell I yeah. believe is what it's commonly known as but that one when I first read about it I couldn't stop thinking about it for days I watched a YouTube video on that one like before we did the podcast and it like is one of the most heavy cases it's, it's just horrific and there's so many like that that are not known as well too and so one of our top priorities is to like research more into those ones that aren't getting as n- enough recognition yeah. or like honoring the victims yeah, because um, there are so many that are, you know, kind of the more gruesome it gets, the more media coverage it gets, um, you know. That's yeah, no, definitely. Like, when you talk about cases that get a ton of media coverage that have cases that are more, I think I had that moment recently with, like, um, Skylar Niece, because that one was very similar to the Slenderman stabbings, mm-hmm. but no one really talked about it. Mm-hmm. And so I had never heard of it. And I was sitting there going, how, like, how do I not know about this? Exactly. Yeah. Because it's wild. Mm-hmm. I find so many cases like that, too, where I'm just like, how did I not know about this? Like, this is insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. where was the media coverage? Like, I don't understand. Yeah. I also feel like sure. in the media, it's very cherry picked, like what they decide, yeah. like what cases they cover, how intensely they want to cover these cases, because I've had exactly. cases where I'm like, OK, where's where's the rest of it? Like, you're only giving me part of the information. Where's more? And there's nowhere to be found unless you put a freedom of information act request in and then with that it's you know who knows yeah, what's exactly. gonna happen and if it's an ongoing case then you're definitely not getting anything so <laughs> the media coverage especially for cases that are like um more marginalized I think they just really pick and choose the more dramatized parts or like the more glamorized parts yeah um because that's like what the people at large want to hear about but it's so important to like cover every single detail that you can or like at least honor the victims and their families and all of those things I think we definitely talked about it with Gabby Petito Mm -hmm. and about how her case was widely covered when the two women who were also found dead in Moab were not covered like hardly at all during that time especially missing white women syndrome we talked about in that one Mm -hmm. um and while they were searching for her body in um, Grand Teton National Park they found tons of others um and but they weren't really covered at all or people who also went missing in that area weren't talked about um so it's important when you know something although like every case deserves recognition and Gabby Petito definitely does also all those other people do too Mm -hmm. yeah no I remember that as well and that being an issue with it because like I was looking into it but then like when I heard about the other cases I was kind of like all right like I'm seeing news updates on this case every day pretty much so like let me spend more of my energy researching some of these other cases because no one no one's looking at them so exactly Exactly. it's definitely something I think I have on my list to cover in the future some of those other cases that went on during that time because I think since we cover Gabby Petito it's also important for us to address those other cases that didn't get as much media coverage exactly Mm -hmm. Now, I know we talked about like your origins for wanting to or your interest for true crime, that is. 
what pod, like, was there any podcasts or anything that inspired you to create your own podcast? Yeah, there there are definitely a couple, but Morbid Podcast was definitely, like, we both started listening to that podcast around the same time, and we, like, fell in love with it. It's our favorite true crime podcast still. We had a class together towards the end of middle school, and one day we were, like, talking about how we both like true crime, and we both wanted to find a new podcast, and that's the one we chose. Mm -hmm. And so that's always been, like, a common podcast that we both listen to and that we both really enjoy. Yeah. So that's that's definitely one we've taken a lot of inspiration from um yeah. everything up to really like our format because there are so many variations especially within like the true crime podcast community of like some people just say facts and just list it like that um mm-hmm. for ours we like to have more discussions about it um you know crack a couple jokes when it's appropriate yeah. all of those things um and they do that similarly so we kind of took our inspiration from them definitely yeah i think humor is also important which i feel like so many people think is so weird it's like you're talking about people who have died you were talking about like some of the actions of the most depraved human beings on this planet and you're laughing about certain things and it's like what but at the same time it's like you kind of need that levity exactly for us at least it's like kind of a relief from how dark the case is um and hopefully for our listeners too just to kind of you know make comedy out of certain little things just to you know, so it's Lighten not so dark and depressing. Sometimes it doesn't even have to be like around the case. Sometimes we'll like trip our words and then we'll like <laughs> and just laugh about, about it. Laugh about it. <laughs> yeah. It's just I love it's that small guys, little breaks in it. Yeah. I love that you guys keep <laughs> that in though. I love that. <laughs> there was definitely a case, I think it was um one of more her more recent ones, and mm-hmm. I was recovering from like a head cold. Oh yes. I would not coughing it was really funny like I would just be talking and it didn't sound like I was having any issues with my voice and then I would just start coughing and I could not (laughs) stop it was like (laughs) it was definitely an issue for that episode yeah but just keeping little things like that in just to laugh about I think at least for us helps like lighten the mood a bit um because you're right like talking about you know deaths and really horrific actions it's important to kind of not get so caught up in like the existentialism of all that and the darkness of all of that. I think also um, we've both tried to find the positive at the end of the case. Yeah. And so like a lot of times we'll talk about what the families have done in the aftermath of the grief. And like, we'll talk about how positive changes in our world have come out of this case. If we can find mm-hmm. that, because it's so important to recognize that this victim didn't just die for nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of talk about like the positivity that came out of it, like mm-hmm. laws that were made or foundations that were set up or something like that, just so it can, or donations you can, or charities you can donate to, um, all of those things, just cause it's really important to like bring light to a really yeah. negative situation. Yeah. And that, and I also don't think many people realize that like some of these families of victims are putting the work in, like some of them have it, you know, and they have every right to just sit back and not want to have to do anything about anything anymore and not want to have to be re-traumatized or have to talk about it. But the fact that some of them have this strength to go in and be like, yo, what happened to the person that I love can't happen to anybody else. So how do we fix that? Yeah, it's really inspiring with cases like that to um, advocate in honor of the victim it's just it's really important to hear about and really inspiring at least for me I think one of the 
like family members that stuck to, stuck with me um, is Molly Bish's sister, Hall, uh, Heather Bish, I think. Yeah. Um, and Molly Bish went missing and her case has been unsolved for like over 20 years now. But the way Heather has like worked in the true crime community and advocated and like enforced changes to make sure that that didn't happen to anyone else's family. It was just so cool to me. Yeah. All right. So for my last question, talk about cold cases. If you could solve any cold case, what case would it be? <laughs> there, there are so, so many. many. <laughs> I hate, I hate like any unsolved case, although I love mysteries just because like there's no closure and you don't know yeah. what happened. And like for us, just like researching the case, but also for families and friends of the victim, you know, not knowing what happened. Yeah. Um, but the two that we kind of decided on was Elisa Lamb and, and then, John Benet Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, both of those, when we first heard about it, we like both could not believe that they were unsolved. And at least for me, John Benet Ramsey, I have no idea what happened. Like there, there's, there's so many suspects in that case, especially. Um, and I could make a case for and against every single one of them. Like I, there's so many infinite possibilities and especially in cases like that and and that one at least evidence was really mishandled and that's something that we talk about a lot where like it could have the outcome could have been so different if evidence had been treated properly or investigation had been conducted properly all of those things but yeah yeah those are definitely the two that we would and then I think Elisa Lamb for us is like it's one of the cases that haunts us because it's just like it's so strange yeah it's mm-hmm. like you could make a case for so many different things and it's like I think that the video footage just adds to the kind of like the mystery of it all because that you're not sure if it's edited or not edited or what's going on so I think that's one that if we could have it solved and like actually have a concrete explanation it mm-hmm. would be so great and for that one too there's so many coincidences like odd oh, things yeah. like mm-hmm. odd connections different theories different it's it's so it's definitely one of the oddest ones I've ever heard about yeah yeah I remember when that video came out that was I was terrified because I was definitely under the like the notion that maybe this is something supernatural just because when you watch that video you're just like what the hell is happening what is she doing who is she talking to what what is mm-hmm. this hand weird hand pet moving through the water motion? Like I don't I don't get it. What is happening here? The hand thing is so we talked about the hand thing for so, so long in our episode about it because it's it's so odd. The video itself is just so it's crazy. It's it there's so many different ways you could think about it because like you said in the supernatural context as well as what I first thought of it like and then um exploring like. Uh, and like the di- bipolar and anxiety yeah. part of it and like the meds and all of those things or like uh, some other like there was another person there or something like that there's just there's so many ways you could look at it it's it's insane yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely oh my gosh thank you guys so much for coming and joining me today this was I'm wonderful recording. I love when I get to sit it's down and talk to people thank you so much for having it this absolutely yeah so can you let all my listeners know where they can find you? Yes. Yeah. Um, so we'd have an Instagram and I think we're about to start a TikTok pretty soon. Um, but then our podcast, you can listen on Spotify, Anchor, 
uh, Stitcher, and then also Google Podcasts. Yes. So our podcast is the Crime Chronicles, and all of our social media media handles are the Crime Chronicles official. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you, guys. No, thank of you course, so much. Thank you. This was so fun. Thank you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Thank you all so much for listening to today's interview. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Don't forget to follow True Crime and Academia on all of the socials and the Ivory Tower Boiler Room on all of the socials. And if you want to become a patron and get access to more content and even merchandise, go to patreon.com slash ivorytowerboilerroom. And until next week, I will see you guys later. Thank you so much for listening to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room or True Crime and Academia. I'm Andrew Rimby, the Executive Director. Our team includes Mary DePippi, our Chief Contributor, Nicole Arguello, our Marketing Assistant, and Kimberly Dallas, our Editor. Ivory Tower Boiler Room episodes come out on Monday, and sometimes I'm joined by a guest co-host. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Ivory Tower Boiler Room and on Twitter at Ivory Boiler Room. And here's Mary. Hello, everyone. I am the host of True Crime and Academia. Do not forget to follow True Crime and Academia on Instagram and TikTok at True Crime and Academia. And coming soon, there will be a Twitter also at True Crime and Academia. Now, if you're like me, you like to have bonus episodes. I love extra content, don't you? So go to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room. Not only do you have access to our video interviews, but you will also be able to access never before seen bonus episodes. So like I said, you can't, we don't release them anywhere else. You can only get those on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and become a subscriber today. And don't forget to listen to ivory tower boiler room on Mondays and true crime and academia on Tuesdays.